How's it going, everybody? My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker, I am a peak bagger, and you are listening to episode number 42 of Trail Tales, the show where I chat with other thru-hikers and other peak baggers and other just hiking nerds like myself about their experiences on the trail. Now, this week's guest, Colby Zemendorf, he's back on for round two. He is the co-founder of 46 Climbs, and he's done a bunch of stuff in the Adirondacks and elsewhere. He's a good friend of mine. We met each other a number of years ago. Some of you might recall that story from our first episode, which is number 15. You should go listen to that. Um, And he's back on to mostly talk about his attempt at breaking this record of hiking the most high peaks in 24 hours in the Adirondacks. Um, I think he was going for for 25 is what he said and um that did not end up happening but you know we're gonna get into what happened there uh, during the the bulk of this episode so stay tuned for that at the end we also talk about his organization called 46 climbs which i hope you guys are familiar with at this point um again going back to that last episode and just the fact that i've talked about it in the introduction to a lot of these episodes recently i'm trying to raise money for that organization Um, If you're not familiar, just go to 46climbs.com and or check out the link in the description in the show notes. I guess this isn't a YouTube video. It's not really a description. It's a show notes. Anyways, I got to kind of issue a a bit of a disclaimer or or not even a disclaimer. It's like an apology kind of. It's like kind of an apology, but it's also kind of good. And this doesn't make any sense at all. And it probably really won't until you hear the end of this episode. But let's just say that while I was doing this fundraiser for 46 Climbs over the past couple months, I kind of botched how much money I had actually raised pretty much. So I had put a link to like my personal Kyle O'Grady page of Trail Tales in the show notes. And that's kind of what I had been like looking at when I was judging like how much money I'd raised. But little did I know, um, not all the donations like, showed up on my page. A lot of them were showing up on the actual Trail Tales page. And so at the end of this episode, you're going to hear me kind of uh, realize this like in real time and be like, holy shit, I've actually raised way more money than I thought I had. So um, I'm stupid, first of all. But second of all, that's actually a good thing. Um, obviously, like I think Colby said $1,700. That's what the number was. Um, has been raised under the Trail Tales team so far. So that's amazing like to everybody who has donated thank you so so much and to anybody who might be considering it just go to 46climbs.com and kind of check out the website or stay tuned to the end of the episode when colby talks about all this stuff in a little bit more detail um yeah just i would really appreciate if you guys checked that out now we're gonna get into our conversation in just a second i'm I'm gonna make this introduction pretty quick here but i do want to say a couple things first of all I know that like most podcasts or YouTube videos like do these introductions and it all just sounds kind of generic and I know that's kind of what mine sound like but when I'm asking everybody to like contact me or email me or check these things out like I I'm not just like reading off of like a like a teleprompter or something um, I like I I legitimately want you guys to do these things um, to be honest before I did this podcast I would kind of just like glaze over that stuff too so like I get it but for real, I'm very serious about this stuff. I'm very serious about you following me on Instagram is what I'm transitioning into here, people. Um, <laughs> that just sounds weird, but Instagram. Yeah, let's let's do that. At uh, TrailTalesPod. Go follow me on Instagram. I freaking love Instagram. I, I spend way too much time on that app, honestly, but go enable me to do that. Um, I post pictures pretty much every weekday from my various hikes. So yeah, at TrailTalesPod. Gmail, that is another thing, or email, um, yeah, same thing, trailtalespod at gmail.com. Now guys, this is a podcast, obviously this isn't a YouTube video, there's no comment section, there's no like button, there's no dislike button, there's no easy way to get feedback, and that's why I stress the social media and the email so much. I seriously want your feedback, I want your suggestions on guests or topics to cover, or trails, you know, all that stuff. Um, I want your just general advice about how I could potentially improve the show. I want you to tell me I swear too much, as a number of people have. 
um, all that stuff for real. The uh, the advice is much appreciated. So please, please go do that. Once again, trailtalespod at gmail.com. You can also just, you know, send me a DM on Instagram or, uh, or send me a message on Facebook as well. The last thing that I'm going to say during this introduction is please go leave a five-star iTunes review. So this is another like generic like podcast thing, but like for real, it's super important. And honestly, it's just kind of fun for me to like read the reviews. So I think I'm going to go do that. Let's uh, let's read a five-star review right now. So this one I got last week. It says, long ass section hiker, loving your podcast or, or lasher for short. Super stoked to hear about other hikers and their experiences on the trails. That's like, that's like my introduction line right there. I feel like you've, or excuse me, I feel like I've gone from a weekend warrior to full-fledged hiker trash over the past year, listening to you while I hike and I'm loving every second of it. Dude, that's a fantastic review. Thank you so much to Jared for leaving that. I love the iTunes reviews people. It helps rank the show higher when people search for various keywords relating to hiking. So it's not just for my entertainment only. It actually does help the show. It helps give me some credibility, which I am in desperate need of. So (laughs) please leave a five-star iTunes review. I want to see a couple more of those next week. I would really appreciate that. Okay, let's do it. Let's get into episode number 42, my conversation with Colby Zemendorf co-founder of 46 Climbs. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to number 42, episode number 42 of Trail Tales. This is going to be a good one because my friend Colby Zemendorf is back on the show. I'm sure some of my regular listeners have heard me talking about this 46 Climbs thing in the episode introduction uh, for the past like couple months now. And Colby is the co-founder of that organization, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the episode. But Colby's also just a pretty rad hiker, and he's done some pretty cool stuff, uh, particularly in the Adirondacks. So that's kind of what the theme of this episode is going to be, is uh yeah, just Adirondack talk, various uh, things to do with that. So Colby... Thank you for taking the time for round two. I've had a lot of repeat guests on, and I think it's awesome that people are willing to come back on the show. So, yeah, dude, just uh, I'm I'm stoked you're here, and, and thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's crazy you're on number forty two. That's uh, that's pretty awesome that this is blown up like it has. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's it's blown up. I think it's been like a steady, steady rise. I mean. Uh, my numbers are definitely a lot better than they were the first time we went on, but I'm I'm still no Joe Rogan. I'll I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, someday, someday. Maybe, maybe we'll <laughs> see. But no, dude, I, I I always have so much fun with these, and I mean, it's just uh, it's it's fun to talk about hiking, like especially like the Adirondacks. I mean, I just finished my 46 yesterday, so yes, on the the same one that I finished on too. I feel like a lot of people finish on Haystack. I don't know. Would you? Have you noticed that one. trend? I don't know if if it's I mean there's some people who plan out like which mountain they're going to do like I've heard of people waiting on Cascade and um so they'll like do all of them and then do Porter first and then go get Cascade or do Marcy last or like certain one I've heard of like weird ones where people will do um like one of just to be like one of the people that finished on like upper wolf draw just like a random (laughs) one they'll like leave that one for for last and and come back to it at the end just to do it differently even though it makes no sense logistically if you you look at a map yeah that doesn't really make sense but that's that's pretty funny I, i mean it's it's like everyone's journey is completely different in the in the 46ers and um i don't think that anyone that starts them is like the same after they're done at least for me it was a drastic change since the beginning i started and then till now but yeah man i think that's something we're going to get into in a little bit here um to start out i first of all i gotta say i'm kind of like a I have like a cold right now so I apologize if my voice so far I think it's doing okay but I feel like it might start to to give out a little bit towards the end of this as this goes on so I apologize everybody for that um 
yeah, so let's kind of start this out. Um, first of all, everyone, go listen to episode 15 if you haven't, because that's Colby's first episode. And, you know, that's kind of gives a good background about, first of all, how we met, which I think is a pretty funny story, but we don't have to go back over this or back over that because that's already in the other episode. Um, but yeah, in case people might have forgotten, because that was a while ago, or in case people missed that episode, Colby, why don't you just talk a little bit about like who you are and like your hiking resume background, all that stuff and just kind of, yeah, explain who you are to everybody. Yeah. So, uh, I started hiking my, well, I kind of grew up in the outdoors, but not necessarily hiking. Um, my family has like a cottage in the foothills of the Catskills, um, in New York. And so grew up kind of in the outdoors, but, um, I didn't really start hiking mountains necessarily until I was in college and, um, and we were both at Clarkson and so there were the Adirondacks were close by and began my journey on the 46. And then, uh, after doing that, I, I fell in love with them and, um, and just got to the point where I was like, Oh, maybe I can do these a little bit faster, string a few more together and see more in a day. And then kind of got into trail running with my wife, Catherine and, um, we got into ultra running and done some, some big races and, uh, but still always love just like my main thing is getting back and, and doing it in, in the Adirondacks or just trail running in general. Uh, I like the races because of the ability to push yourself where there's support and, um, kind of see where your limits are and then, uh, being able to take that back and, bring it back into the Adirondacks or somewhere else is a lot of fun. So, Yeah, man. And honestly, that kind of separates you from a lot of the guests I've had on because mostly they've been like through hikers or like more traditional peak baggers, mostly through hikers, honestly. Um, and yeah. you are a little bit different in that regard, which is another reason why, like, I think this well, is so awesome. You'll be proud of me because I'm in uh, two weeks. I will be going on the Northville Placid Trail. Oh, no for... way. Are you serious? Yeah. How yeah. how fast are you planning on doing it? I think like maybe eight days. Oh, dude, you should have let me know. Dude, Colby, I was like plotting to hike that trail. Uh, really? Like, yeah, dude. Like literally like I was thinking like sometime in September – and then um, my friend, I, or n- n- he didn't really back out because we never really confirmed. I basically couldn't convince anybody to go with me. So if I had known that you were going to no do way. that, oh, shit, dude, I totally would have invited myself to go with you. <laughs> Maybe we should talk a little bit after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, potentially, potentially. We'll see. I don't know how flexible you are with uh, dates, but yeah, we can. We might be able to figure something out. Um, All right. Yeah, but anyways, that's that's cool, man. Even regardless of what happens there, like that, that's cool that you're you're gonna like go and um actually do a through hike that's uh yeah i uh, i'm hopefully soon going to be having on another guest who just recently completed that trail and i'm sure i actually i don't know have you heard about like my whole story with attempting that trail like years ago i have yeah Yeah. so anyways i feel like i need to go back for round two but yeah we'll we'll talk about that after um (laughs) but uh but yeah where was i where was i even going with that um the the running thing yeah so yeah like that definitely does kind of set you apart from some of my other guests and kind of while since you brought that up I kind of want to talk a little bit about this um I don't even know what the official name for the challenge is like you called it 25 and 24 but like yep. can you kind of just explain like what that is and um what it's called or officially or whatever <laughs> So uh the tw- 25 and 24 I was attempting to climb 25 high peak mountains in the Adirondacks within a 24 hour period. Okay. And and what's the number that sits at the current record, I guess? Uh the current record was 24 held by Jan Welford and Jeff forgot his last name. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff something. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Hikerman we'll call him. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like an FKT is a fastest known time, so that's kind of like somebody establishes a, I guess, course for lack of a better na- like word. Um, so someone will say, like, the fastest known time between 
the for the rim to rim is whatever and they post it on the fastest known time site and it's kind of an ongoing like set of records that people will post like their gps watch for uh for proof and it's just kind of pushing the the limits of um the human body in cool places and um so this is I think I would consider this more of a record attempt than a fastest known time because it's not a s established route. Um, really what I was trying to do, there's two guys that had this record. Um, so as you know, there's, I think we talked about this last time, but the, there's a uh, three different ways to go after a record or fastest known time. And that's uh, unsupported, which would be totally, um, like you, what you have on your back is what you finish with. You don't get any outside support or pacing or anything. Um, the self-supported could be like, uh, if you have drops or like on, on your through hike, you would consider your, your AT would be self-supported because you had, um, packages sent. And then, um, so technically there's never been a unsupported through hike of the Appalachian trail. Um, because for that reason, you'd need outside support to finish it, but then fully supported would mean that you can have as much support as you want. You can have people hiking out there with you. Um, you can have like people driving you from trailhead to trailhead, whatever you want, as long as like you're, they're not carrying you up the mountain. Right. Right. Um, it's on your <laughs> own be, two feet. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> What's yeah. the record for like the number of high peaks hiked by somebody carrying somebody else? <laughs> yeah. There you <laughs> there's, there's another that'd one. People. That's, one. that's, that's probably wide open. Someone go, go snag that one. <laughs> yeah. I volunteers being the one being carried. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's two guys, uh, Jan Welford has the record. I would consider him the overall record. Um, but he, so he did it self-supported. So throughout along his route, he had bear canisters that he'd laid out from like in the days prior so that as he hit them, he could restock and then continue moving without having any like person helping him. And then there's another guy, I think his name is Jeff something, and I f forgot his last name, but he's he did it uh, in unsupported fashion based on what I remember. And so what he carried from the beginning was what he had at the end, no outside help. Um, the one thing that differs from their record is that Jan did it in normal... Uh, Usually in their Adirondacks records and fastest known times are usually done from trailhead to trailhead. So uh, the time starts when you set off from the first trailhead and then finishes when you're out of the mountains, out of the trail at the last, like at the finishing trailhead. So I think Jeff finished on right. He stopped his time on right. Um, and Jan stopped his time uh he was going the opposite direction. He stopped at Elk Lake uh, at the trailhead. So yeah, like you kind of alluded to there, you had been planning an attempt to break this record and you were going for 25 high peaks. Yes. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is because this was just what, like two or three, three weekends ago now, something yeah. like that. And um, Colby had kind of asked me to help out and like be a pacer for him, like during a section of his attempt and... I am not, like, super, like, good with, like, FKTs, and that didn't really make much sense there. But what I mean is, like, I don't really, like, research that stuff. I've certainly never, like, actually gone for one or, or been involved in one. So when he invited me, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a cool opportunity to kind of experience something different, like, in the hiking world or whatever. And um, never actually got to the point where I... <laughs> ended up helping him yes and we're gonna talk about that in just a second there goes my voice a little bit but um why don't you first just talk a little bit about like i don't know why you wanted to try to break this record and some of like the planning that went into it before like you actually got out to the trail 
Yep. So just to spoil it uh, from the beginning, I did not do this. I barely <laughs> even started it, but just so nobody's listening and going, oh, like, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, as far as training and planning, so I, I started planning back in January. I decided to do this. Uh, I wanted to do it just because I love the Adirondacks and I love just trying to push myself and, and see how far like I, I can take my body. And, um, that sounds really cocky. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're good, dude. Um, was, was this, uh, was this your first attempt at any sort of like record or FKT or whatever you want to call it? Yes. Uh, I've had a few planned and then for whatever reason they didn't work out, but this one was like full steam ahead the planning and scouting and everything happened like since January I was doing the bushwhacks. I knew every inch of that trail. Um, I've always thought that the reason why some of the, the records in the Adirondacks haven't been beaten, um, actually the main ones were this year, but it took 11 years because I think that the people coming and attempting them, didn't have intimate knowledge of the Adirondacks. And I think that that's like a huge disadvantage because like, you know, like a mile in the Adirondacks is, it's not the same as anywhere else. (laughs) No, Um, it's definitely not. Maybe the whites, but that's about the only thing I can think of. That's even close to, uh, close to that. Yeah. But to know that like at this point, there's going to be a false summit. Um, at this point, there's going to be a bushwhack that's just absolutely brutal. Like you're going to be bleeding on the way out. Like <laughs> there, there's things that if you didn't know those things coming and you haven't experienced them before, it's a huge mental blow as you're trying to do it. It's, it's going to be a setback and, and maybe your, your mental strength is, is good enough that you can overcome that. Um, but I think it's a huge disadvantage when the whole thing is a mental game to begin with and not knowing what's ahead of you every inch, uh, is, is a huge disadvantage. So I took that theory and made sure I knew every inch of the trail. Um, obviously I'd been on it a lot, just, uh, in general trail running and just the high peaks. We were up there every weekend and, um, running around and doing stuff but uh there are certain sections that there was no reason for me to be on it outside of doing this and um we uh went out and did the scouting um i looked at what jeff and jan had done and um the two of them actually did the the route uh opposite and actually it happened on the same day which was kind of a crazy thing that just like completely um, like by coincidence by coincidence Jan <laughs> posted it online that he's doing this for 46 climbs and uh then Jeff like sends him a message underneath and was like hey like I'm actually planning to do that too and actually Jan had the record I think it was like 21 and 24 hours before that I might be wrong but um so Jan was going out to beat his record said he was going to do it and then another guy was like I'm going on the same day. I already, I already had the plans <laughs> and everything. And so the two of them ended up doing it like uh, backwards of each other. So they crisscrossed during that same day. They started at a little bit different times. Um, but I, I kind of analyzed what they did. Uh, Jan started at 3 o'clock p.m. on, uh, I think it was, I think it was on Labor Day. But, um, and then the other guy started super early, if I remember correctly. Um, but the reason that Jan did his start so late was because of, he was trying to set himself up so that the bushwhacks were in daylight, which was pretty important to me, uh, to make sure that I was, uh, not doing those at night. And, yeah, um, man. so, uh, the plan was kind of through looking at what they did and um and i i picked to add uh redfield to the list uh i guess i can go through what they were yeah sure um but starting from the adirondack lodge for those that are familiar with the high peaks uh the plan was going right algonquin iroquois 
bushwhacked a marshal uh, at that point. So I also, I, I was doing this in supported fashion, like Kyle was saying. Um, mm-hmm. So I had two pacers that were going to meet me at uphill lean to, which is about 10 miles from the start. So I was going to do 10 miles by myself. And then every other mile from the 10 miles to the, the end is supposed to be 56 miles. Um, I was going to be paced from 10 miles in to the the finish. So from there, I was going to do Cliff Redfield, Gray Skylight, Marcy, Swap Pacers, Haystack Basin, Saddleback, Sawteeth Gothics, Armstrong, Upper and Lower Wolfjaw, go down to Lake Road, which is where I was hoping to see you. Yep. At two in the morning. <laughs> yep. And we were going to do Colvin Nipple Top Dial um, and Bushwhack to the Dix Trail. And then the plan was to meet up with Catherine there and do the Dix Range from there and finish at Elk Lake, hopefully within 24 hours. So that was the plan. Um, and training kind of was a little different from um, some of my other past training, just trying to make sure that I was getting the elevation training in there. We had bought a treadmill this year, so I got a lot of miles on that listening to uh, this podcast. Hell yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so just making sure that my legs were used to the uphill um, that we were going to be doing. It was going to be about 25,000 feet of gain. Um, so that, so I mean, that's, I think that's kind of like the gist of the, um, the planning, I guess, and the training and stuff. How about like, take me out to the trail, like what actually happened. And honestly, I'm kind of curious to hear about this because, you know, we texted a little bit, but we haven't like actually like talked about what happened yet. I kind of want to hear, you know, from your perspective, like just take me through like the start to you know, when you decided to bail and then all that happened after that. And then I kind of also want to share like my little story relating to this because it was kind of funny as well. Just like <laughs> sitting here in Burlington, like trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's go down that route. What do you say? Yeah, sounds good. Um, so there was a little misunderstanding in the beginning where we were supposed to pick up a pacer from um, St. Hubert's area. So you could leave his car there um, and drop him off at the lodge. So he's going to be the one that's going to meet me on Marcy and do the great range plus saw teeth with me and go out from uh, Lake Road. And uh, so there's a little misunderstanding. We couldn't find him. And so I started. So we drove to the lodge without him. And um, so I was going to start not knowing if I was going to have a pacer waiting for me at Marcy. So we were trying to figure out, holy crap, what are we going to do? Uh, <laughs> Catherine was going to try. I think she called you. And I was, was dude, it was you. so funny. Like I literally got started getting messages and calls from her. Like the second I got called over to start getting a haircut at like this haircut uh, place, obviously. So I was like, I was literally like trying to text like underneath like the apron, like telling my like hairdresser, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but like, I really, this is like kind of urgent. Like I need to reply. And it was like, just like the <laughs> worst funny. timing for, for like a emergency situation like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, there was a little bit of a anxiety rush there in the beginning. And, um, so as I'm walking towards the trailhead, uh, Catherine and our friend Sarah was, were dropping me off. And so I see this glare from one of the rangers that was there. And I've met him before. He's a nice guy. Um, But it was like, what are you doing? (laughs) It's 2 o'clock p.m. You're all geared up. There's two people that are clearly not going to the woods with you. And so I saw him starting to walk towards us and I was like, Oh, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to explain (laughs) myself right now. Um, so I shouldn't have told him, but I did for some reason. And wait, um, why, why why shouldn't you have told him? Cause it's, I mean, they deal with, I don't know how many hikers that come in through there all the time and they're just trying to keep everybody safe. Yeah. Yeah. 
for me to tell them that I was going to try and do this thing was kind of a lot. And I mean, he's, he's, he met me before and he knew that I was a trail runner and stuff, but, um, his, after his next question, he's like, are you trying to beat Jan? (laughs) Yes, I am. And, and he was like, well, like basically explaining how crazy Jan is. And I was like, I already know. I told him that I'm doing this. And, um, so, and then I guess, uh, a little bit after I left, he was like basically lecturing Catherine on how like, this is not what the Adirondacks is for. And that like when people come out and do this stuff, that they're going to be the ones that are, are like left to clean up the mess if somebody gets hurt and stuff, which like I totally understand that perspective. Um, I mean, I understand like the, you know, not wanting to get sucked in when someone needs help. But as far as like saying that's not what the Adirondacks are for, I feel like, I mean, that's, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch. That that was a little rough. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't understand it and I don't expect them to, but um, this is fun to us and so um but as far as the safety part like the other thing was i've never heard of them pulling any trail runner out of the high peaks could be wrong but i've never heard a story about that yeah that's 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 fair because i feel like most of the time and again not always but most of the time when people get in trouble it's because they're like not experienced and like not in shape like that you know yeah, I mean, there could be inexperienced trail runners, but so as far as my backup plans, like I had a, a spot track around me that um, if, and I actually had to use this was, well, basically there's one button that if I press, it's like I made it to a mountain so that every time that happened, everyone involved would get a text and it would be online if um, for people who we're watching just to see like, okay, this is where Colby is. Um, and, uh, so they knew where I was at all times. And then the next button was if I ran into trouble, um, I, it's basically like I'm, I'm bailing and I'm coming out of the nearest trailhead. So, um, so I had backups. I, I like, I had pacers at like, from mile 10 on um and at the end of the day like if i'm pressing the the emergency button come and get me it's because i have a broken femur like yeah. i'm not calling you because like they they're not there like if you sprain your ankle they're gonna make you walk out of yeah. there. that's that's the one thing that they've been dealing with a lot actually because of the new cell phone service in the area they're getting calls from people that are like i can't make it out like like they're like well you're gonna have to get out like we're not bringing a helicopter to you out there but that's a side thing but yeah (laughs) um, so yeah as as far as myself there was every single aspect of this was planned and uh like backup plans and backup plans were involved and so as far as myself i would consider that this was the safest way possible to do it and um but it was, it was kind of a bummer to just like have that as I'm like trying to say bye to my wife and start this thing that that was going on. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously a lot of like the weeks leading up to this, like I, there was a lot of anxiety. This is not something that I've done before. Like I've done hundred milers and stuff, and this is technically less mileage than that. But, um, Adirondack trail and 25,000 feet of gain is no joke. And, um, like the going through the Adirondacks and and through the night, there's going to be like 13 or so hours of darkness. And, um, so it was, it was a little nerve wracking and then also nerve wracking because like, as I've progressed in my trail running, Jan's always kind of been like the dude. And, um, like I've been able to talk to him about stuff and um since our first attempt in doing the forty sixers in a week, uh he's kind of been a huge resource for us and and just thinking about going and trying to do something one more than him was 
was a lot. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> so, intimidating, for sure. Yeah. Like, if it was anyone else, I'd be like, oh, I got this, I got this. And then it's just like this one little thing in my head. It's like, this is Jan's record. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is different. So, um, but the second that it turned two o'clock, I said bye and I left and it was like everything left. I had no anxiety. Like it was on, um, I actually started like laughing to myself. Like finally, like this is what eight months of training has got you here. You're ready. And, uh, it's time to do it. And, uh, there's like a couple moments going up the trail where like, for no reason there were some hikers that were just like cheering me on and I'm like I don't you don't even know what I'm doing right now and <laughs> but thank you I appreciate that um so uh did right Algonquin Iroquois summited Iroquois at an hour and 50ish minutes I think if I remember correctly and um I think as I was going over boundary, which is in between uh, Algonquin and Iroquois, I started getting this little like blurriness in one of my eyes, which is telling me you're going to have a migraine. Um, And as far as like migraines go for me, like I've got medication for them. And um, when I get them, it's excruciating pain and I lose vision in my eyes and that's kind of a scary thing, but obviously, uh, I had one of the, um, the pills with me. So I took it and at that point I knew it was over. Um, cause those pills really messed me up. Uh, it kind of gets rid of like my cognitive ability, which normally when I get a migraine, I'll just like take one and I'll go to bed. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I'd been working on managing them. Uh, I actually hadn't had one. I had one this summer. And so I was like, finally, I fixed it. I figured out what was causing them. And then it comes on in the absolute worst day possible. Yeah, man, for real. After eight months of training. And so that kind of sucked. I knew it was over. But I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to finish. Um, I'm going to finish out like the McIntyres. I'll go and do my, my run with my first set of pacers and I'll do, um, Cliff Redfield, Gray Skylight, Marcy. I'll meet up with the second pacer and see how I feel from there. But like, I knew it wasn't going to happen at that point. Um, and so, it's like, all right, getting into the bushwhack. I th- we actually, the two of us talked about the bushwhack um, between uh, Iroquois and Marshall last time. And our first, the first time that I'd done it was bringing a bunch of freshmen down it um, on our <laughs> Prio trip. And so it's it's not an easy bushwhack, but I've done it like a handful of times since then. And, and recently this year, um, it was nailed down like to the point where I was a little bit upset that it, like I wanted it to take like 10, 15 minutes less than it did. Um, but when I, when I got into that bushwhack, like I, there was only one other time where I've run while having a migraine and on the migraine medication. And that was, it was a 30 miler, uh, in Thatcher park near me up in, uh, um, kind of near the Albany area. And, uh, but that was like a Mark trail. It's not something that you can like mess up. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of pressed on and, um, absolutely wrecked my body doing it because I had like my stability was off. I was like, <laughs> um, my balance also is affected. So I actually like blew out all of my toenails except for I think two of them but I was really adamant on PRing at that race so I ended up beating my um my PR by 20 minutes with a migraine damn Um, man but then I basically wrecked myself for the rest of the year so that kind of sucked but um so yeah that's kind of the only time that I've done that was in that race and I don't know if I should have started the bushwhack, but by the time I was in like going down into it, like 
I was having a hard time, like even like things weren't like familiar to me. I'm just like totally going the wrong way and I knew it and I kept trying to correct myself and I couldn't even figure out where the heck north was. I was going to say like when I was watching your GPS track, like it was like straight line, straight line. And then when you got to that part, it was just like a cluster of like check-ins just like no longer on like any sort of like a path, I guess, trajectory. So I I was a bit, um, honestly, when I saw that, like when I was kind of analyzing to try to figure out, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, like try to figure out if you were still going or not. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's the route he was intending on going yeah. to. Yeah, I actually, I followed similar route to the first time that we did it, um, which I never thought I would ever do that again, <laughs> but I did somehow. And like, there was a point where I I think I was actually climbing back up Iroquois. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing I like, like I'm not trying yeah, to, I'm no, not trying to like, like I don't know. no totally it was just like and I realized it I'm like what am I doing going uphill like <laughs> what am I doing funny. right now it's <laughs> like holy crap and that's when I was like all right this is a little bit scary now um and I I found there's a a little stream that kind of goes down and it follows that trail that goes in between um uh Marshall and Iroquois and I knew that eventually it met up with it so I once I hit it I was like screw it it's over I'm just getting myself out of here so I followed the trail down and all of my pacers had cell service except for the ones at um uphill and so I was I was good enough to where I I knew I could like go run to them, make sure that they were good, knew that I wasn't going to be um, doing the rest of it and so that they wouldn't be worried or like trying to find me or anything like that. Yeah. So I, um, I let them know and, uh, and they're like, Oh, uh, should we go up and tell the next pacer? And I was like, no, he's got cell service. So, um don't worry about it and they were they were just gonna hang out and um do some hiking there anyway the next day so um they just went on with their backpacking trip and uh uh so i went out and i after that i went through marcy dam and was coming out to go to the lodge and at that point Catherine and sarah had hiked in and met me there and they're like where's brian and I was like, what do you mean? He should have been out of here by now. Like, I I pressed the button at like 6 o'clock that I was done. It, he's probably out of here, like already out. And she's like, no, he's still in there. Um, and we haven't been able to get a con- in contact with him. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I felt so bad for him. He's like sitting up on Marcy. And I guess what happened was, um, I think his phone actually, uh, like turned off because it was cold. Oh, interesting. So he, he like warmed it up and then got the message at like 10 o'clock at night. Oh no. So he sat up there for four more hours and like, I was not in any shape to go up there and get him and Catherine um realized she's like honestly if I continue and go and get him now like he's gonna realize that you're not coming and he's gonna probably like we're thinking that maybe his phone died or something and he wasn't gonna have any knowledge of what was going on and she's like honestly for me and at a certain point like I'm going to realize you're not coming and I'm going to go to my car, which is at St. Hubert's and not at the lodge. Yeah. So she made a good call and not going up and trying to find him at that time of night when, cause he had actually left by that point. We had got out of the woods and in that time he had gotten the message, texted us, Hey, can you move my car back to the lodge? And we texted him back, like, we're at the lodge, we'll meet you here. And at that point, he was gone. And so he was on his way to go 
to um, hit Lake Road and get out over there at St. Hubert's. And so he had to pop up. I think he ended up going over, um, oh, what was it? I think he went over Lower Wolfjaw or um, in between like Upper and Lower Wolfjaw. I think he went down um, through near like JBL and then came out that way instead of doing um, over Basin and Saddleback in the middle of the night, which yeah. was a good decision. <laughs> and especially it was cold. Like the other concern actually coming back, like as I was going up on the, um, the McIntyre range there in the beginning, I was actually pelted with rain, like stinging rain. I was going to say, cause like here in Burlington, like we're right across on the other side of Lake Champlain and I can actually like, see over into the Adirondacks in certain spots and I remember like looking over like as I was getting ready to leave and there was like just a shit ton of clouds and storms over there and I was like that's not good for yeah. Colby <laughs> yeah so I was like originally I was like oh crap it's gonna be slippery and like my main the thing that I'm good at is the downhill and um like I'm not a fast runner when it comes to like flat ground but the Adirondack train and downhill is like where I'm I'm okay at and like the slipperiness was kind of messing me up a little bit and then after a while I was like it's gonna get to 40 degrees tonight this sucks yeah man and like no matter what like I I had extra clothes waiting for me at um at my I th actually I think you were gonna have them so um I was gonna have extra clothes but I actually saved my my long pants and long uh, sweatshirt type thing um, in my pack uh, in a, a Ziploc while I was going through all that so that uh, when the rain stopped, I could put it on and I would stay warm, which is a good decision. But still, like, like my I was wet. And yeah. um, going through 40 degrees at night would have been an interesting thing. So it's almost like a good thing that I didn't try and push it. But, uh, I mean, who knows? So, but anyway, he, uh, so we actually waited until 2.30 a.m. for Brian to get out. Uh, so he had a long night of trail running by himself in the darkness in the Adirondacks. <laughs> um, probably some some good uh character building hours there that <laughs> <laughs> i really feel bad about um but yeah that, that was just one thing that was not accounted for i if we were to do this again i would definitely have the previous pacer check and make sure that the next person had received the message because at the end of the day you can't you can't um rely on that so yeah. there'd be one more backup from my thousand backups that i already had that i would probably say that i would do differently next time so that that doesn't happen to him again but yeah or at least say that like like if something happens and he's on his way out like we would meet him at the lodge because that would have been a two-hour trip ish on the way down for him instead of like however long it took to get out so Hey, you um, you live and you learn. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty crazy. I'm I'm glad I got to kind of hear that from, or I don't know, hear like the full version of that. Like, um, you know, besides just a couple text messages, because yeah, I was kind of wondering. Um, for my end, it was it was kind of a funny story too because I hadn't even left yet, so I don't know I don't know where because honestly, I'm I'm not sure where the other Pacers were from, but like Burlington, pretty close, um, especially to where I was going, like just to. St. Hubert's there, I think it was, right? Or no, a stable yep. club. Yeah, yeah, same same place. So it was only like an hour and a half drive for me or maybe a little bit over that. So I didn't even plan on leaving until like 5 or 6 p.m. the night before because for everybody listening, my like uh, like section to pace, like my, I guess, quote, shift, whatever you want to call yeah. it, didn't start until 2 in the morning. So, and it was only like a mile or two mile hike in to where I had to meet him. So I was like, shit, well, I'm just going to wait. Like, I don't want to go over there the day before because it's so close. And I was just going to leave at like five or six in the uh, in the evening, go over, like catch a couple hours of sleep and then wake up at like one or whatever and, you know, make my way over there. And so I hadn't even left yet. 
Well, actually, I did leave. I I drove from my house to the nearest gas station on the way, which is probably about five minutes from my house. And I was literally standing at the gas pump, like with the pump in my hand, like pumping the gas when I got your first uh, bailout message. And I was like, hmm, like that's kind of suspicious. Like, I feel like he he's only been going for a couple hours now. I feel like he he sounded pretty confident that he wasn't going to a bailout before he got to me at least so i was like is this is this right so i texted Catherine and i drove back to my house because i was like well shit if i don't have to drive all the way over there then i'm not i'm not gonna do that so got back and Catherine had told me that she also got the message the bailout message but that she was also surprised and she didn't really have any other details and we were kind of like, okay, maybe he like hit it by mistake. Like, what's going on here? So, at that point, I got on my computer and I got out my like uh, Adirondack like map, and I was basically like analyzing your GPS track. Okay, so he was still going here. He was going here. Like, here's where he set the bailout point, and that's when I kind of saw that cluster of um of like a uh, check-ins that weren't really you know didn't really make sense for your route, and that's when I was like, hmm, okay, that's suspicious. So. Maybe this is, you know, maybe this is like him bailing out. And then another thing that confused me was your message had said that you were bailing to the nearest trailhead, but it looked like to me that from that first time that you pressed the bailout message, it looked like the nearest um, trailhead would have been Upper Works because I had just been over there a couple weeks before and I was like, you know, that's pretty flat, easy trail. I'm sure he's done it before. Like, I'm sure he would know that would be like the best place to bail out to. But then your next couple check-ins were not in that direction. So I was like, okay. And then they were following your 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 projected course, right? So yeah, I was like, okay, maybe he did hit the button by accident. And maybe like he is still going. Like, I don't know. Like, I have no fucking idea what's going on here. Catherine and I were texting <laughs> each other like, what the hell? We were calling each other. Like, it was such a mess. Yeah. <clears throat> and what ended up happening is we both just kind of had to wait and like see where the check-ins like progressed to. Because you were heading towards uphill lean to, which is where the herd paths for Cliff and Red, or uh, yeah, Cliff and uh, Redfield yep. um, are. And I was like, okay, so when he gets to uphill, and also actually, let me back up a second. Catherine had clued me in at that point. Um, I guess I wasn't paying attention to your spreadsheet, but that uh, one of your pacers was waiting at uphill. So I was like, okay, maybe he's continuing on to uphill to meet up with that pacer, and then he's going to bail from there. So I was like, okay, let's wait and see if he checks in, you know, going up Redfield or Cliff. And if he does that, then he probably hit the wrong button and he's still going. But if he diverts from there and heads out towards like the lodge, I guess would be the the closest bailing point at that point, then he's probably actually bailing. And for some reason, I don't know what this check-in system was, but your check-ins like stopped coming as frequently of course like right when we needed them to come in frequently. I don't know what happened there, but you didn't check in for like almost an hour. I think that when so there's like the breadcrumb button that's like leaving those as I'm going, and I think when I press the bailout button, it actually shut the other one off. Oh, okay, okay, so that, I didn't that know makes that sense. That was something that happened. Because right, and it makes like, no sense for why it would do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, I, I I don't know, but that once, was a bummer. <laughs> so we kind of waited for like an hour. We were like at this point, it was like a little bit past seven o'clock, I think, in the evening, and. And Catherine and I were kind of like, because she, she was texting me, she was like, you know, I'm, I think I'm gonna go hike in and see what's going on. And I was like, okay, let's let's wait until we get another check in first before we kind of just, you know, hit the ground running. And I was like, okay, let's wait until eight o'clock. And if by eight he still hasn't checked in and we still don't know what's going on, then at that point you probably want to go try to find him. And sh- like right after I had sent that message, pretty much we finally got a check in from you. And you were heading towards the lodge. So at that point, I was like 100% confident that like, okay, like he's definitely bailing at this point because that's off his projected route. And he probably just kept going up to uphill to get your pacer. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. And I, during that time, I thought that the breadcrumbs were still going and I was like, they should be watching. They should know that I'm still moving at a decent clip, Um, like that I'm okay. And I, I figured that she would figure it out based on knowing that the pacers were there or or even like if I needed help, I was going to my first set of pacers or something so that she knew at least Mm -hmm. I was okay. And, um, so 
Yeah, so the <laughs> that was just, uh, another thing. That... It was yeah, it was it was kind of a mess, but I I just it it worked out. It worked out. It, it worked out really well for me actually because I ended up not even having yeah. to drive over there because if I had driven all the way to the campsite and then no one was there, I would have been very confused. I probably still would have ended up going in at two in the morning honestly because I wouldn't have had cell service then either. I don't know yeah. what would have happened then, but it was just funny um, for me because I was like sitting here in Burlington, like not even there, like with you guys. And I was yeah. like, on my comp- I felt like I was like, um, like air traffic control. I was like texting Catherine. I was like looking on my computer, like following your GPS, like kind of trying to figure out what <laughs> like my map was open. Like I was just trying to figure yeah. out what was going on, and it was it was definitely a uh, pretty interesting. I-, I learned quite a bit about how um spot GPS devices work too, because I've actually never used one of those things before. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice just as a a backup, but as you can tell, it's it's not foolproof. And I mean, the best thing would be to have like a satellite phone or something, and yeah, yeah, so you could call and and or even Spot makes like those new ones that you can actually text through. Um, so, but that doesn't help on the other end either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <So. laughs> unless unless everybody had one, I guess. But yeah, but at least as far as you were concerned, if you um like you still had to get your stuff from Catherine, so she's gonna meet you at st hubert's and if like that didn't like she would have been there if you were still coming to make sure that you didn't go in so there was there was a backup at that point too so yeah that's true we weren't sending you out into the, the adirondacks <laughs> to sit there by yourself at two in the morning um, <laughs> yeah oh, man well shit um damn i didn't really expect this to take up the whole episode but i'm glad i got to kind of hear that story um dude i I have like even more questions about this but i do want to squeeze in some time for 46 climbs too so um i don't know i guess before we go there is there anything else you want to say about like this whole story like yeah i don't don't even know like is there anything else we need to get out there that we didn't cover yet so far not really it's uh it was just a big bummer and now I'm in good shape and don't know what to do with it, and uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to going and doing the NPT, and we got some other fun things we're doing this summer, so I'm diverting my focus onto that and uh, onto the next thing, I guess. So yeah, man, yeah, man, we'll definitely have to do a follow up, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more then, or talk about whatever other crazy thing you been up to since then um i do want to talk about yeah yeah, i I do want to talk about 46 climbs though so i'm sure my listeners have been hearing me talk about this in the introductions for the past like couple months and going all the way back to you know episode 15 when we did way back in like i don't even like january or sometime when it was cold as shit and i don't even remember when it was but um I I have a team for your organization, a Trail Tales team. Why don't you just talk a little bit about um, you know, what Forty Six Climbs is, and uh, yeah, like why why should people like support the Trail Tales Forty Six Climbs team and and raise some money here? Yeah, so Forty Six Climbs. Uh, if you haven't heard the previous episode, is a is an it's an event uh, nationwide where people sign up to climb. Uh, or hike a mountain and um, raise funds for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So after you sign up, um, you'll get a a dry fit t-shirt and bandana. And those are so you can be identified out on the trail and everyone goes out and um, takes a picture on a mountain. And um, every mountain that's climbed is marked on a map at 46climbs.com so you can actually go on there now and see that like the entire u.s is covered in in dots and it's just like a, a visual of the impact that people are making as well as uh, on the website there's uh the hashtag 46 climbs button so every person that climbs a mountain will take a picture and put it on social media and instagram or twitter or facebook and every time that that hashtag is on your post it'll be pulled into that part of the site so you can see everyone out climbing and um coming together for this cause that's normally not something that people are able to talk about um and it's uh it's breaking the stigma for suicide and mental illness because we're doing it in such a positive way um and what i think has never been done before so 
it's it's pretty cool yeah man it's it's been like super fun to be a part of it this year and you know um kind of be be around it and be a part of it in years past as well so in our last episode once again people go listen to episode 15 if you haven't done so already um you you gave like a pretty like thorough background on not only like what it is kind of the stuff you just went over but like you know the history behind it and how you started it and all that stuff so i don't really want to go down that route but i do kind of want to ask you you know just how it's going this year so far so like where are you guys at like and yeah like i pretty much just said it there i, I always do this um i ask my question like before I actually get to asking my question. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, how is it going so far this year? Yeah. So this year is just another incredible year. Uh, the start date is on August 30th. So we're about five days away from that while we're recording right now. So yeah. So this will be out um, just like two days before, uh, before it starts because this is going to be out on the 28th and yeah, like it starts on the 30th, like you just said. So at this point, we've raised more funds than we ever have with more people than we ever have. And uh, I like to keep track of everyone's elevation gain and um, and convert that to how many times one person would be climbing Mount Everest. And at this moment, uh, it's 144 times Mount Everest that's going to be climbed during the week. So it's a, it's incredible. Like it's it's not one person. It's like a whole community across the united states coming together and um they're really changing the way that people look at mental illness through doing this in in such a positive way absolutely making people able to talk about it i think that's a i think that's a good way to kind of start to wrap this episode up a little bit everybody listening i'm sure you're hopefully you're not sick of hearing me say this by now but Part of the reason why I wanted to have Colby on um, right now is not only to have him talk about that crazy uh, 24 and, or 25 and 24 thing, um, but because this is happening like literally next week, and so like the timing is perfect um, to try to make like a last minute appeal to people, basically. So uh, there's my motive. You, you like <laughs> full disclosure here. Um, <laughs> no, that, I mean that's not the only reason. Colby's also just a good friend of mine, but. People, please, please, please hear me out here. And, you know, if um if if my like introduction pitches haven't like pushed you over the edge yet, I really hope kinda hearing Colby talk about it a little bit here will. So forty six climbs dot com and you're gonna wanna type in Trail Tales when you go to sign up. Um make sure like if you're hearing about this through Trail Tales, like sign up through my team so we can kinda pool our money. Um, I've had I've had a number of people do it and it's been pretty cool so far. I'm very thankful for everybody who has signed up. Like, thank you guys so much. Um, so yeah, that that'd be really cool. I really hope everyone uh, kind of considers that. Um, I don't know, Colby. Is like there any other uh, like anything else I should be uh, pitching? I guess to try to get people oh, to. Um, I mean, the people that you've already got have raised seventeen hundred dollars already. So that's pretty incredible. Wait, wait, what? Wait, yeah. that's not just that's not just for my team, is it? Yeah, on your your personally your individual page, it's two hundred ten. But on the Trail Tales page, click on Trail Tales. Is it is it say like Kyle O'Grady on the top of it? Yeah. With Trail Tales, click on Trail Tales right under your name. Oh damn! Wait a minute. That's like your, and then you click on Roster. That's all the people that are part of your team, and that number up there is how much your team is oh. raised. Oh. Dude, I've literally been looking at this wrong the entire time. Because <laughs> okay, so I I put a link all this time. I've been talking about like click the link in the. Uh, so I literally I put a link to my like Kyle O'Grady page in the description. So I've been looking at that this whole time, but when I go to Trail Tales, you're right. It says seventeen hundred freaking dollars. That's insane. Yeah, dude, dude it's and crazy. A lot of this I'm looking at. I'm looking at it. Um. A lot of this is just from one individual named David. So, David, yeah. I, I, I feel really bad. Like this, this dude's raised like a shit ton of money. I never even realized this was going towards my team. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out David right now. Like yeah. he's raised a ton of money. He's raised almost fourteen hundred dollars for my team. How stupid am I? I'm like literally finding this out like live on this podcast. Um, <laughs> But the cool thing is, like, you can go in and look at his page, and, like, he's doing this in remembrance of his daughter and, like, 
how cool is that? That like he can be a part of this with all these people that are, um, like climbing for this cause. And, uh, I, I feel like I, there's no way to even like say how cool that is. So dude, this is like know. blowing my mind right now. I feel, I, I feel so stupid. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to reset, reach out to David and, and show him my appreciation. Cause I mean, that's just incredible. And everybody else too, of course. Um, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. So yeah, everybody, this is uh this is your last chance pretty much or I mean, you have until I guess, I don't know. They can they can make donations even through next week, I guess, too. Yeah, so donations can be made up until the end of the year and sign-ups will be accepted um up until the end of the event, which is on the 8th of September. So if you want to sign up and get your shirt and go climb, um try and do that as soon as possible because we're already like in the last couple of days we've had like 80 new people and these shirts are ordered special because they're dry fit and um they're not all in stock all the time and so we're, we're trying to like get them out my mom actually is the one who ships everything and packs everything so it's like a one person team and um like this is like grassroots movement. Like the reason that people found out about this is because of people telling people about this. Like each year it's grown dramatically just because more people have known about it and more people have believed in this cause and the way that we're doing this and they tell people and, um, it just keeps getting bigger. So like, I don't have any reach outside of like the Adirondacks and we've got people climbing from, uh, from, Alaska to Hawaii to Maine and everywhere in between. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's incredible. And like, I've, I'm just so thankful I've been able to, to be a part of it. Um, damn $1,700. This is blowing my mind. I will have a, the, the correct link in the show notes, people. Wow. I, I still can't believe that. Um, so please consider please at least at least go check it out you know go to 46climbs.com and kind of browse the website or whatever yeah even just check out the map and just like see what's going on it's it's pretty uh pretty incredible thing so definitely um how about social media where can they go on social media to kind of you know check yeah, it out we're, there uh 46 climbs on facebook instagram and twitter if you're into that stuff and um yeah cool I think we're going to kind of wrap it up there, Colby. Um, thanks so much for taking the time again. Thank you for enlightening me about how I was like using your website wrong this whole time. Okay. Um, <laughs> again, shout out to, uh, to David. Yeah, I think we're going to end it there, everybody. Um, thanks for listening. Please consider one more time donating to 46climbs.com. And uh, yeah, have a good one. All right. Thank you.